Credit spreads are widening. Consumer staples are outperforming discretionary. Um, emerging market currencies are falling off a cliff. The dollar's absolutely ripping. Interest rates are ripping. Treasury bonds are getting killed. I mean, I can keep going, but this is an hour show. So, like I said, it, if, it, if it was just one thing, I understand that. But it's not just one divergence. It's all the divergences. <laughs> I guess we're starting. Welcome everybody, Trends with Friends. We've got Phil Hoodie Perlman. We've got Hoodie and the Blowfish, and we've got uh, Cuba Missile Crisis, J.C. Peretz. You have Howie Town Linson. I don't have a nickname. Do you guys, have you guys given me a nickname? Other Dude, than we call you so much shit. Howie, Howie. 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 you a lot of things when you're not around. This is a family show, Howard. We can't get into that right now. I do it right to your face, Howard. Okay, let's hear it, Jim. What is my nickname? Uh, I haven't come up with one. It's too early, man. Like, I okay. until like two Welcome. in the All right, everybody. Welcome to Trends with Friends. Uh, Jim O'Shaughnessy Harry Howie. has joined us. Phil, can you just contain yourself? Harry Howie. I think that's a pretty good one. It's alliterative. It's accurate. <laughs> little Harry. Here's the thing about Harry Howie. I do seven six or seven hours a day of grooming to not be Harry Howie. That's right. And Bill, he is a manscaper. He's a manscaper. Two plugs early in the show. He's, he's, like, the, he's like the wolfman. It's like a wolfman. Welcome, <laughs> welcome Jim O'Shaughnessy. Quiet, everybody. Jim O'Shaughnessy is joining us from Snowy, Connecticut. Um, he's probably in a cave. There's probably a pole somewhere with a basement and a lair where there's a quant, a bunch of quants working on stuff right now, analyzing this show and front running us. But uh, Jim O'Shaughnessy needs no, he's friends with all of us. He's friends with everybody. Maybe the nicest guy on FinTwit. Um, definitely one of the smartest. He was my first guest in the heat of the March, when I started my show Panic with Friends, previous to Trends with Friends, he was my very first guest. It was a very funny episode. Uh, people should treat themselves March 2020. Uh, we went on a three-year run after that. Jim was probably one of my uh, most uh, beloved guests, uh, calm in a sea of uh, VIX90. Um, if, we, if you go back and listen to that show, it was a great episode to just listen to Jim and I and uh, get long. Uh, so we're really proud of that show. Jim, this is Trends with Friends. I don't know how much we told you about it. You told um, me nothing. But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so already you've broken the rule. The guest comes in with no shirt. Usually I will give you a couple minutes to, uh, to do that. And it just, it, it's, we like to have half the audience. We like to take our couple thousand users and cut them in half. So, uh, Jim is joining us, uh, from home. Uh, he is a, uh, a data geek, a quant guy, an author, uh, great dad, uh, mentor, and uh, you boys know him. He's also uh, the father of Patrick O'Shaughnessy, who uh, is, uh, has a great podcast of businessmen. Uh, we invest together. Uh, so welcome, Jim. Wow. I, I, I got to use the Mark Twain line, the, the guy who went on and on about what a great Guy Quinn was first thing he said when he got up was, you know, the way he went on about me, I could hardly wait to get up and hear myself talk. Now I'm going to disappoint <laughs> like everybody on the who's listening. So you screwed me out, as is no. per usual. 
<laughs> so, so well, welcome. Trends for Friends is generally, we like to get right to it with our guest. And then JC steps in and talks about the markets. And we can talk about some trends that you see within uh, the stuff JC talks about. And we talk a little bit about uh, lifestyle with Phil, uh, guy stuff. And, um, but generally, this is just about trends. You have been immersed from a very young age in, in the markets and on the quant side of the market. And in what I would say, not a pivot, but just an extension of, of life, uh, you, you went down the AI rabbit hole. And so I generally ask guests if there was just one trend they're all in on, uh, what is that and how to articulate that? So can you take a shot at that for us, what Jim is working on and what you are most excited about? Sure. Uh, I don't know that I'm all in on AI. We have other investments as well. We've shifted our focus to uh, seed stage and early stage uh, venture investing. We've been doing that since 2006, so it's nothing new for us. Uh, but if you're asking, you know, what is the biggest trend, I would definitely say AI. AI is an omni-directional uh, technology that will affect every aspect of business, every aspect of life. And uh, a lot of people, uh, to my amazement, have yet to kind of like embrace it. The number of people that I've spoken to are really switched on people, for example, and yet they're, they haven't even played with uh, OpenAI's uh, ChatGPT, uh, which kind of shocks me. It's it's pretty amazing what it can do right now. And I think we're just in the early innings. So uh, that would be the one that I would say uh, you want to pay attention to. And as it applies to markets, how are you thinking about it? So I became interested when they still called it machine learning uh, in AI because I kind of felt that we quants had reached the top of the mountain, so to speak. Uh, all of our data sets are very, very similar. The dirty little secret among quants is that if you really strip back uh, all of the bells and whistles, our, our models look very, very similar. And they look very, very similar because we're all basically using the same data set, which is the uh, CompuStat uh, and the CRISP data from the University of Chicago. And so I thought, wow, I think that maybe machine learning might be the next uh, hill to climb in quantitative analysis. Uh, so I expect that we'll see uh, a lot of uh, new players, as it were, uh, coming into the market and bursting onto the scene. And my guess is that they will be AI uh uh, driven models. It's it's a brand new and it's it's a blue sky right now. You, the research is being done, of course, but haven't yet seen anyone uh, pop their head up uh, with uh, incredible results. I have looked at several uh, long short funds that are AI driven. They have really great track records, but they're short. So we got to wait uh, to see, you know, extreme situations, how they do uh, in those types of environments. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think we're going to see a lot of changes uh, in uh, market, market behavior, investment, thesis, et cetera, driven by AI. 
Well, that's what we've been talking about endlessly here on Trends with Friends. It shows up in the bull market, which JC, we're going to take it to you in a minute. I think we have the charts queued up, uh, Jordan and team. So, so JC, that brings it to you. Last week, you were balls, balls, uh, short balls, short balls Balls deep, deep, I believe is the proper. I was watching, I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, JB Smooth uh, said he had, uh, Larry had long balls. I like you. I like you. Have short balls. Uh, I sometimes have to just check if they're still there when I go to the bathroom. So, so short balls last week. Uh, it's uh, were you nerd? Like what? So th- today we're down. First, it's Tuesday. Today we're finally you know getting a down day. Uh, catch us up on on what you're seeing in the markets top down, and then Jim and Phil and I will chime in. Well, as as we're recording this, uh, I think today's Tuesday, 11, 11 o'clock in the morning, so markets are down at the index level, right? But markets have been down all year at the stock level, right? Uh, 60% of stocks in the New York Stock Exchange are down this year. So not like, oh, there's little crappy stocks in the New York, so don't pay attention to them. No, 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 no. These are anything above $300 million on the New York Stock Exchange 60% of them are down. Half the S&P 500 is down for the year. Uh, when you look at the, if you want to, yeah, there you go. So when you look at the percentage of stocks above their 50-day moving average, it's making three-month lows today. Uh, percentage of stocks above their 200-day moving average, it's making new multi-month lows, you know, today, last week, right? And it's there's nothing fancy about 50 or 200-day. Jim can probably attest to this. Change it to the 40-day or the 64-day or the, you know, 207-day. It doesn't matter. It's going to give you the same information, which is that fewer and fewer stocks have been going up over the last, you know, seven, eight weeks or so. Uh, The market peaked in December, and it's just been deterioration underneath the surface all along. Stocks and bonds have been trading together for the last couple of years. It no longer has that inverse correlation that a lot of us grew accustomed to over the last couple of decades, right? We're back in that inflationary sort of environment where stocks and bonds move together. Bonds have been getting slammed, like crushed. So with the actual stocks themselves. So to me, the reason we were shorting the indexes is because it's a, it was inevitable for the indexes to ultimately catch down to what the stocks were already doing, what the bond market's been telling you, because the bond market is not a safe haven like it once was. The US dollar is the safe haven. The U.S. dollar is where money flows when stocks are under pressure. And when you look at the U.S. dollar, the United States dollar has been up on the futures. U.S. dollar index futures have been up every single week this year, six consecutive weeks. Why? Because money has been leaving stocks and going into the safe haven. We've seen it, right? So the fact that the indexes might be down today or whatever, like that's not that big of a deal. Our shorts have have already been working and, and the ones not working have been flat. So uh, you could, and you could see that at the individual stock level, stocks stop going up. The indexes might have, but most people don't take the time to actually count. So while the pretty lady on the TV was telling you that the stock market is making new all-time highs, and then the guy that puts on a tie to read Twitter to your parents is telling you that the stock market's making new all-time highs, none of those people bothered <laughs> to actually count. I find counting to be incredibly advantageous. And, and that's what we did. So that's why we were short. Okay. And still short. So, obviously. you know, just so you know, Jim used to be that guy wearing a tie, reading tweets on, on, on Twitter to uh, the old, what's his name? Who, who passed away? What was his name? Haynes. Jim. 
Oh, Mark. Yeah, Mark Haynes. Mark was Mark was a very classy guy. I, I loved Mark. Yeah, you were doing that a long time ago. So, Jim, as a as a as a, as a geek, a data geek, does what uh, JC says make sense from a a, a math? Well, sense? sure. It depends on what frame you look at the market through, yes. of course. And um, I'm not smart enough to to be a trader, uh, so it's a lot easier for me. Uh, most of our uh, both public market and private market is like long, long-term stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we played around forever and ever trying to find a great market timing model. And, uh, you know, we failed. Maybe, again, we're just stupid. But when you put the transaction costs in and when you put the false signals in, uh, we, we, we haven't found one. I'm not saying that they don't exist. Uh, but um, what JC's saying is a, is a pattern you know, when you look at, when you're in markets forever, you, you get kind of a saturated intuition and, and you kind of get this like, oh shit, that's not good. And one of the patterns that isn't good is the one that JC just started talking about. Um, when I remember, I can't remember which market it was, but, uh, right before a really nasty downturn, all of a sudden you saw the index itself was keeping going up, but utilities were getting hammered like they were down double digits and all of the breadth of the market was getting narrower and narrower now you know you could say well right the the eight stocks that keep that index going up like they're killing it and i don't know maybe there's an argument there but this is more academic interest for me than anything else because we don't we don't trade in short-term markets. Hey, so I have a question for you, Jim, about that. Uh, just a quick question. So you use this term, saturated intuition, which I love. It's like experience. You've seen something over and over again, even if it's at an implicit level, like a thousand times, and somewhere inside you, it's just been wired. The, the connections are there so that you're getting it and understanding it. And... Uh, you're talking about it in terms of market signals, public markets. But earlier in our conversation, you were talking about sort of this, you know, AI or machine learning and the omnidirectional implications of it, which I love that term too, dropping these great terms. Um, I'm wondering if you're also getting sort of this implicit, um, intuitive feelings about the where AI is going, any patterns that you're seeing there that you're recognizing, and uh, sort of the scale of, you know, the scale implications of it. So, yeah, I, I think what you're going to see is a consolidation in AI. You're going to see the big players uh, continually try to uh, get regulatory capture so that they can do away with, uh, you know, those, those uh, pesky competitors. Uh, I don't think that it's actually going to work. And I think what you'll see is there will be emerging several commercially really, really great AI systems. Uh, and then you will see open AI. Uh, dominate that probably. It, uh, he's trying to raise seven trillion dollars, which I kind of find funny. 
Um, but uh, open source AI, uh, kind of like the internet. Right? You guys remember when uh, when uh, uh, the uh, Linux and Unix and all of that battle was going on, and and Steve Ballmer was calling open source software. Uh, communism and anti-competitive, uh, <laughs> like remember how he got in? He would. I loved him because he was always all in, man. It was like sweating and it's communism. It's awful, and you know, open source software drives the internet. And I suspect that we will see similar things happening with AI. That does not preclude the big companies from doing super, super well because you know they'll they'll have really slick APIs. I use them, uh, and I'm chairman of an open source AI company. So there's room for both. Uh, and I also think that um, I, I'm, I'm bearish on all of the calls of, you know, we're going to achieve AGI, which is sentient uh, intelligence, uh, digital intelligence, like next year. I don't think that's right. I think pay attention to what really super smart guys like David Deutsch and others say. Uh, you know, one of the better examples was given to me by Rupert uh, Sheldrake, who's a controversial and yet really interesting scientist. And he's like, listen, the machines that we're programming right now are deterministically programmed. He goes, would you like to use a word processor where every ninth time or randomly, every time you hit an A, you got an R? He goes, that would be totally, that wouldn't work so well. He, he thinks that uh, the, the, the shot at uh, AGI, which is sentient AI, isn't really possible until we get to quantum computers, which are based on probabilities rather than a deterministic uh, mindset. But uh, that will not stop the scaling of just the good old-fashioned intelligence amplification system that AI really is. You're going to see AI agents everywhere, and they're going to get smarter and smarter. Uh, and I think that, that, for the most part, they're going to be amazingly helpful tools. Yeah, I was, you know, as being back in, in charge of Stocktwits and having JC and Phil chat with me about it, and Matt from uh, World, uh, World Quant and Third Point as my partner, is talking about our message box. The same thing with, with any message box, right? That is a prompt space. And we're, again, I'm not a tech person. I know JC hates when I say that. I am just a user of these fun things. They're toys, right? I'm more on the Chris Dixon thing without the Chris Dixon brain, which is like, I'll strap on those glasses if Jim O'Shaughnessy and Mike Parekh and Om Malik say it's worth it because they literally understand what's going on behind the scenes, right? I have a leap, you know, that, that, filter, you know, no such thing as information, only filter failure. My filter is those three gentlemen, you, Fred, I uh, wrote about this, uh, Michael Parekh, Andy Kessler, um, you know, uh, and Mike uh, Om Malik. You guys have seen cycles, you've dabbled, you've tried things, you, you recognize uh, things that are great. You'd have to be a blind person, and JC will pull this up, like if you look at NVIDIA, but it passed it passed what the market cap of China. Okay. You know, the cynic in me says, yeah, that could be the next Cisco. I don't think their customers are as bankrupt as the startups that were uh, throwing money at Cisco. So it's a different, there's a little bit different. History rhymes, but it won't repeat. NVIDIA is not Cisco. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, 
But the world's attention is on two things, the $7 trillion that Sam Altman is floating around. Why not? Pick a big number. I mean, who knows what he believes? And, you know, he's, he's got more attention than Elon Musk. It must be driving Elon Musk nuts. And NVIDIA, right? And then it's showing up, JC, if we could pull up a chart after of IBM. Uh, it's, the first, it's the first chart. Yeah. Okay. And then, JC, bring up IBM, which shows you the panic and FOMO in the rest of the Fortune 1000. Meaning, throw money at AI, which means hire IBM and Accenture. IBM's at all-time highs. This stuff is bizarre. This, this, the markets have a way of showing you this. So, JC, take it away, and then we'll get uh, Phil and, and, and uh, Jim to chime in. Yeah, here's that IBM chart, if you guys just want to take a look at it, just to put things in perspective. This goes back to the 80s. If you want to scroll down there. Thank you. I mean, that is not broken. That is like a beautiful... I mean, it may not have been the best stock to own the last 20 years, but there's something going on and it involves IBM. And part of it may just be, you know, a fake out, meaning IBM may disappear as AI agents take over and everybody does it themselves. But your Fortune 1000 company is kind of like, hey, they're still using Microsoft Office. Uh, they can get stuck in these things for 20, 30 years. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a question of what IBM does with their stock in this opportunity. But NVIDIA is the poster child for this. Um, you know, now bigger than Amazon. Okay. You remember how many years we talked about Amazon and Jeff Bezos? Well, goodbye. Uh, now it's Jensen in his leather jacket going around the world, talking to Satya, right? Talking to at Dubai Global Leader Summit. It's all over Twitter, wearing his leather jacket and, and, and cool shoes. But as the founder in a really interesting chat, and I believe him, he's saying data is the new gold. Right. And if data is a new goal, and I'm going to believe that, even though I don't fully, and Jim can talk about this a little further. If data is a new gold, um, it's not just the big guys that will win. You know, it could play out at the New York Times level, the stock Twitch level, the Twitter level. It's going to play it at many different levels. And that includes IBM. That's why this AI trend is so big, JC. So, so, so go through your charts here that you want. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, 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 I love all of this. I'm, I'm a little more old school. You know, a little more Perlman in me. I, I like to actually count. Like, I don't need I don't need to build some fancy algorithm to count for me. Like, I, I went to second grade. I can count myself. Like, it's fine. You know, there's only 30 stocks in the Dow. Like, it doesn't take you very long. I'm a little uh, OCD, so I do the 500 and, 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 and beyond, right? But I do this for a living. Like, even if you don't do it for a living, you could just count 30 stocks. Are more of them going up? Are more of them going down? Or are more of them going sideways? That's going to give you a pretty good idea of the direction of the overall market. You know, some people are like, well, the Dow, you know, the, the S&P is the real market. Well, maybe. But if you overlay the Dow and the S&P and go back 75 years, they look exactly the same. So, you know, you can count 500 and build all these fancy algorithms if you like. Um, and that's great. And we do do that also, by the way. Uh, but I, I think counting just, you know, I, I think there's a, an advantage to that. And you know, if it was just one divergence, then it's like, well, this one random, you know, percentage of stocks above some random moving average does, it looks funny. Like that would be one thing, but it, it's not that it's one divergence, it's that it's all of the divergences, right? So um, you could see treasury bonds and copper futures continuing to make new multi-month lows as you scroll down there. That was part of the reason for getting short. You know, stocks and bonds have been trading together. So who do you trust more, the bond market or the stock market? You know, um, the bond market's bigger, uh, three times as big almost. So, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. So I trusted the bond market. 
Um, so far, that, that continues to be proven right. And if you scroll down, you can see the momentum divergences in the NASDAQ 100. This is supposed to be the leader, right? Uh, the tech and the AI and the whole thing and the Magnificent Seven and blah, blah, blah. Well, if these are your leaders, that, that, that that's, not, that's not so good. To me, the NASDAQ 100 and these big tech stocks and the Mag 7, to me, those are not the generals, right? And I know this might be, especially maybe uh, some people out there might be a little more tech-oriented uh, and American might disagree, but I like to re remind everybody that we're not Americans. We are earthlings, right? There's a big difference between the two. In America, you've got a lot of tech, you know, technology, but in Europe, they don't have that, right? They got a ton of industrials. To me, the industrials are the generals. And if you want to do the quant work, and I'm sure Jim has, you could see that the sector that has the highest correlation with the S&P 500 over time of all the sectors is not technology. It's actually industrials. Um, and when you look at Europe, you can scroll down, you can see Germany looks like it's about to fall off a cliff. Germany, industrials are the largest segment, right? In the German DAX, there's one tech stock. Right? So when you see Germany barely hanging on to those new highs and now falling off a cliff today, European financials were already rolling over. Momentum in the DAX had already been rolling over. So if, if you're wondering, well, all right, JC, you know, you think a rug pull's coming, blah, 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 fine, I'm positioned accordingly, so I'm rooting for one, obviously. But what is going to confirm that this rug pull is here and going to get worse? I think it's U.S. industrials. If you lose the industrials, you're done. Like, that's what it is. So tech is great and everything like that. But in my opinion, uh, I think you, and you can scroll down to the next German chart. In my opinion, I think industrials need to be front and center. Technology will dance. It'll do what it needs to do. Uh, but to me, all eyes are there. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, this is really it. You can scroll down. You can see the U.S. dollar index making new highs again. The dollar, this is the dollar index inverted. So as that black line goes down, that's the dollar going up. The dollar index is working on a seventh consecutive move higher for the week, right? Up all year, suggesting that you need to get out of stocks, not be buying stocks. And the rest of the stocks continue to trend lower. And you can keep going down. You'll see just a, a good example. I like to look at the emerging market currencies, right? So when you're looking at like, like for tech investors, let's just say, right? You got your Microsoft and your Google and your Amazon and your Meta and you got your big ones. But then you can go further out on the risk curve and look at some of these smaller software stocks, some of these cloud computing stocks. You can go further on the risk scale and look at some of these cryptocurrencies, right? And it's kind of like in that same vertical, but further out on the duration curve, as some like to say, or the risk curve. In the currency market, I like to do the same thing. So while the, there's a ton of euro in the dollar index, no one's denying that, the dollar's not just the euro, right? That particular index might be, but there's a lot of currencies out there. And with that same mindset of going out on the risk curve and the beta curve and the duration curve in tech, you could do the same thing in the currency markets. And I, look, I like looking at those EM currencies, Mexican peso, Brazilian real, and the Polish zloty, for people who have been following our work for a long time, know that Part of the reason why we were so bullish in October, buying that dip, buy in October and get yourself sober, as our friend Jeff Hirsch likes to say, one of the biggest reasons we were doing that is because the Zloty was ripping, right? Other emerging markets too, emerging market Forex, but the Zloty is just a great example, completing a nice little top. If the Zloty is breaking down from this top, 
stocks ain't doing well. How are they? Dude, I love that, that you just referenced the Zloty to a, a correction. That's beautiful. And, yeah, but the Zloty uh, was part of the reason we were buying stocks in October also. So it's not like I just yeah. woke up this morning. Like, we've been, we've been on the Zloty. The Zloty's been very helpful. Have you ever spent a Zloty, Jim? <laughs> I've traveled not. the world. <laughs> I have not. So, that could be I've our saved, new logo. I've, I've saved all my Zlotties, man. I, I've got a, like... Hoarding Zlotties. I'm hoarding Zlotties. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Jim. <laughs> so, so JC, anything else showing uh, defensive sign? The divergence is one thing. Is it like yeah, staples for sure. moving you, utilities you got, you got or staples? Credit spreads are widening. Consumer staples are outperforming. Discretionary um, emerging market currencies are falling off a cliff. The dollar's absolutely ripping. Interest rates are ripping. Treasury bonds are getting killed. I mean, I can keep going, but this is an hour show. So, like I said, it, if, it, if it was just one thing, I understand that. But it's not just one divergence. It's all the divergences. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Jim, yeah, I've been here for about a year, year and that we've been doing this show, we've been bullish, the three of us. We haven't had many guests, but we've just been, why are people so bearish? Um, now it seems like no one, I still think it's pretty bearish out there, but like it's just been a little too easy. So it's really good. Uh, just for the last two weeks, Jim, uh, JC's kind of been flashing uh, some warnings. So within this mega trend that could, that I think is tech, uh, you have too much cash. You have, I guess, a, a lot will depend on rates and, and war and other things in the government. Um, you know, the divergences are real. And you said, like you said, the, the rush to some safety uh, is interesting. Um, and by the way, the first quarter of election years tends to be a pretty shitty quarter. So yeah, we if, talked about that. if the market wasn't correcting this quarter, if the market wasn't correcting in February, that would actually be really unusual. Yeah. Let me switch topics for a minute to the degenerate economy. I think we, we, it is accelerating. Uh, Jim, one thing we talked about all the time and I've been harping on is this bifurcated degenerate and luxury economy where the middle is kind of just no one's listening. Even if, even on Twitter, you see it. It's like Alex Jones, you know, it's far right and far left. And it's us people in the middle. It's up to us to, to go, what did I just hear that? Did I just hear that over there? Did I just hear? So the same thing's happening in social that's happened in the economy, right? The people in the middle are looking at themselves going, what the fuck just happened, right? And in the economy, it's playing out in the form of LVMH and DraftKings, right? Uh, on the And LVMH, I hate it being the poster shot because I don't shop that stuff, uh, but it's a symbol for um, luxury. DraftKings has been for a year my poster child of the degenerate economy. And I don't know if we have some numbers, the amount of money spent uh, at Super Bowl. I think there might be another slide here. But look at this. The I don't know if it's now $20, $25 billion company that just is spending, spending, spending. Um, there was another tweet I had. Ben Hahn, who's a, who's, who's a great thinker, um, talked about it in, in his non-subtle way. The silent transformation of capital markets and sports into a reference index for derivative bets uh, is just is just incredible, um, and that's playing out um, with our kids. You know, my kid, that, and it's going to play out with the Apple Vision Pro, where they can now sit and bet on twelve games at once. And with AI, Jim, I think you'll start seeing, hey, 
I want to make a four-team parlay. You'll type in, a, you know, like two minutes before NFL starts. I'd like to make a four-team parlay bet. And I've seen this with a couple of our companies. Uh, tell me, first of all, it's a bad bet. So like kids, like I'm talking about AI, but it's still a bad bet. But show me my best four-team parlay based on, and like kind of open a like chat GPT, it will give you answers, right? So the degeneracy will be um, accelerated by AI. Any thoughts on that, boys, and what it means? Uh, Phil, start with you and then go to Jim. My only take here is that, you know, your only responsibility, those watching this today, the only thing you have to do in this environment is not lose your mind. You know what I mean? Like if you could just stay sane while all of this lunacy is happening around you, you win the game. Yep. Well, one way to win the game is like Which is always, app. by the way. So it's not just yeah. the current lunacy. It's the lunacy that before that and the lunacy that's coming. It's a universal. And I and I only I only stress it because the velocity of the noise is just, you know, superb. Understood. Stupendous. In in today's world, though, that means for me deleting the apps from from my phone. You know, I engage with Twitter. Uh, the only app I engage with from my phone is StockTwits because I because I have to and I run it and I love ideas. But Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I, I only really use Twitter, but I remove that from my phone. So you can control your interaction with the machine, right? Just like nicotine. It takes some time to rework your 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 mindset. But um, really, it's in our hands right now. I think like uh, Jim, you were talking about you know, AI, you don't believe, like it's the machine's not coming quite yet. Um, and it's still up to us as humans to kind of, you know, invoke our willpower over these machines. How do you think about a gym with kids and, and grandkids? So I, I think, as you know, Howard, uh, like I'm not clever enough to, to do short term trades in the market. And so that makes it easy for me, which is essentially I've said for a long time, you know, markets change second by second. Human nature changes barely millennia by millennia. Your best bet to, for a sustainable edge is to arbitrage human nature. And the way I do that is to simply have kind of an infinite time limit uh, or horizon, if you will. As you mentioned, I have five grandchildren. Uh, I have three children. I, I want to, when I shuffle off this mortal coil, uh, leave them uh, some money. Uh, but I also have a lot of charities that I love. Uh, so it's, it's just so much really, frankly, as you know, Howard, I'm potentially the laziest person that you know. And the, the way that I like to do it is have an infinite horizon. I'm not going to bet against America. Uh, it's got a very good long term track record, despite what's going on now. Crazy shit happened here all the time, right? Yes, some young people, hey, what decade was the worst decade for bombings in America? And they almost always say, you know, whatever, maybe last decade. But it was actually the 1970s. More bombs went off in the United States in the 1970s than at any other time in America's history, save when we were actively at war on these shores. So uh, I think Phil hit it right. I mean, like for people listening, uh, this, the easiest trade for you to make, depending on your age, is to have a, uh, portfolio, uh, allocation that you can live with. 
that's really important, right? Like, this is not a one size fits all. There's people maybe like JC who are really good at like the shorter term stuff. And, and if that's right for them and that resonates for them, great. For, for most people though, it, uh, it's just adding a level of stress and the success rate is not terribly high. So essentially we, we like to uh, bet on probabilities, not possibilities. And, you know, the, the probability is you mentioned Germany, right? There's other reasons for the reason uh, for why Germany is going down. They, they caught a mind virus and they're, they're like shutting down. <laughs> and if you actually look at what's going on there and elsewhere in the EU, you worry about a digital divide, man. Like the digital divide that might happen here with America and the EU, that is scary to me because if if they don't engage and they don't understand the the power of these new tools, they you know AI is not going to take your job. Another human with AI is. That's right. Yeah. And and so you know it, it, there's always something new, right? Like it, in it, if you study market history, we've been getting excited by new shit like forever. Newton lost his fortune in the first bubble stock, the South Sea Trading Company. It caused him to say, I can measure the motion of heavenly bodies, but not the madness of men. And if you think about it, it is the madness of men and women that continues to price securities. And again, my, my way is to take the simplest path here, which is I'm not smart enough to be able to jump in and out of the market. Here's what I do know. I do know that like for a long, long period of time, America, given the structure of the country, which is unique, it has done very, very well. And if we can preserve the rule of law, if we can preserve uh, or fix our immigration system, that's the other thing, Matt. Like that's my current soapbox. We still, despite all of our problems, are the destination that the world's most innovative, smartest people want to live and work. And, and we're telling them, we're saying no, which is insane. We, they come yeah. here, they get their PhDs at some of the finest universities, STEM universities uh, in the world, and then we say, yep, get the fuck out. That's really stupid. No, I was lucky when I came here. I mean, my, my core question was is more around speculation as entertainment. That's a trend, much like AI, um, that is here to stay. That was my DraftKings. You know, I keep reflecting on on that. Not not whether it's a short-term thing, whether this is just over, like Ben Hunt says, this is now ingrained. While we weren't looking, while we were arguing about kicking smart people out of the country who wanted to stay here, part of my thinking to ask you and Phil and JC was, but while that was happening, whether we like it or not, what was happening was the ingrainment of speculation as entertainment. And AI will run with that trend, meaning AI will give you what you want, meaning AI because you know you can't gamble until you're 21 in Vegas. So my son can run book taking his friend's money who aren't 21 to the casino, 100 yards to place their bet and get free bets. He's already figured that out, even though you know he's not a rocket scientist. The, the speculation is entertainment. Like while Germany is making bad decisions, the question is, are we making bad decisions? One bad decision we're making is around immigration. That's obvious. There's not... There's not very many people who can't take the argument you just said and said, and, and if we're really, there no one else was in the room and you asked them that question, they would say, this is stupid, right? 
you, you bring these people in, you train them and send them home. I don't think too many people are going to say that's not stupid. The question I have is how stupid are we and how big is this trend where we are ingraining speculation as entertainment, right? And so we'll see. That's why I'm so bullish on that trend. I don't think, as Ben Hunt said, it is now, you turn on the TV, it is like DraftKings sponsors this, uh, FanDuel sponsors that, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, it was women. They're just trying. The machine is onboarding people to this speculative economy. But I think the first thing think Jim said, Jim nailed it in the first sentence. He said, it depends on your time frame, yeah. right? That's, I, I forgot. I don't know who said it. Somebody said 99% of arguments on Twitter would, would end immediately if both parties just acknowledged that they're talking about different time horizons, right? Like, oh, JC, what do you think about Apple? like in the like in the next hour or like in the next 10 years like like you know two vastly different time horizons you know also, also end, a if lot everybody of had to do it naked well, a, if everybody had of, to <laughs> argue on the internet naked there'd be no fight everybody would be so horrified we'll be flexing <laughs> i don't know about, lots, uh, lots, about Harry lots, Lindsay. lots of naked emperors out there howard on your <laughs> on, on, on your uh thing about the degenerate economy look I, I have a pretty specific view that lotteries are taxes on stupidity and that many people are deeply innumerate. And look, if you look at our history, read uh, Jesse Livermore's book. They had bucket shops back then, too. A bucket shop was where yeah. you weren't actually trading for real securities. You were trading, you know, essentially derivatives, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, our history of loving gambling is nothing new. I, I agree that with you that, um, you know, we're making it a lot easier because we we've can, institutionalized yeah, it, is we what I'm saying, it, which makes it, put it right here, right? And so, uh, you know, my, my general advice on this is always, you know what? Have, have a small amount of money and knock yourself out. Have fun. But you said it, I think, the correct way. I know some people who have very, very specific uh, algorithms for gambling, and they do very, very well. I mean, Ed Thorpe comes to mind, right? So I'm not saying that it is impossible. Uh, it is possible. However, it's not possible, certainly for me, and probably for the vast majority of the people who are listening to us today. So my advice is have a, have a small sum of money and have fun and treat it as uh, entertainment. Just like, okay, what would flying to Las Vegas and taking the Super Bowl in, uh, you know, what would that cost me? And if you don't do that and you want to really have a lot of fun, set aside that money, but realize you're going to spend it for the most part. And yeah. hopefully you can download the idea that that's an entertainment expense. That's not investing. Yeah, but that's the trend that I, I continue to harp on here is this speculation as entertainment is probably one of the and then you add some free people, time some people you find it entertaining AI. and others don't right well i'm just like, saying it's i didn't such bet a on the super market. bowl like some people bet. a lot of people but did. you did like, you didn't do a square you didn't even do a square like I at did, a, at we a did a square party. internally I, did I we did squares internally for the company that i own and i didn't even participate i just didn't have time i have too many kids got it i just didn't have time yeah. like other things entertain making oxtails to me was more entertaining way more entertaining then losing money on how many touchdowns Kelsey's going to get or how many times they show Taylor Swift on the TV. Like, 
I didn't have time to enter those positions. <laughs> you so, here, so here's a question I have for Jim related to this. Okay. So we're talking about these new applications and some of them are sort of poisonous for a lot of people, maybe who don't have self-control and the large companies are very adept at exploiting our, you know, foibles and weaknesses and getting us to, uh, 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 you know, misuse the applications. You know, DraftKings a perfect example. And so, my question here becomes: uh, and there's no committee, right? There's no committee that says, "Hey, this new invention is okay," or it seems like there's no committee anymore, no rational committee. The government certainly we can't count on them to be any kind of arbiter. And you know, there's so there's no committee saying, "Hey, this." Application is great. Okay, you can proceed. This application is so it's up to all of us, right? So, Jim, right. my question to you is, you know, what's the advice there, right? I mean, you're saying, fine, have fun with a little bit or this or that, but the new inventions are coming at us, right? I mean, the goggles. Who's to say whether? I mean, if if Steve Jobs were alive today, would he be? Would he love them or would he be uh, mortified, right? So. And we can't count on anybody for self-control. I mean, people are not going to have self-control out there. That's what the large companies are counting on. So beyond just go have fun, is there any more systemic advice that you have? Is there any, I'm not, I'm not even sure it's a check and balance, but is there anything that we can do to be wiser about as a, as a, as a, as a, as a society, to be more wise about this pipe of new technology that's coming at us like crazy that we have really no way of knowing whether it's going to be positive for mankind, negative for mankind, or neutral? Uh, so big question. Uh, I think that, you know, on the committee uh, idea, uh, God, thank God there's no committee because right. they fuck everything up. Yes, can you imagine, just be worse. Can, can you imagine a committee of bureaucrats designing the iPhone? No, we'd still be, you know, on AT&T wire, uh, you know, the old timey type phones because, you know, they, they want to have an, I love the, the words that people assert for trying to gain control over other people. We're using an abundance of caution. We're, we know this mm -hmm. better than you know this. That's, That's good bullshit. Point. For the most part, like people who seek power like that, they're not doing it for your good. They're doing it because they want power over you. And so literally, I believe that like systemic advice, like if it seems too good to be true, guess what? That's a really good edge for you to apply to things. Another great edge is follow the money. Another one is why am I reading this now, right? And And like if you get in the habit of asking yourself those simple, simple questions, you're going to be able to avoid 80 plus percent of the nonsense, right? You're not going to be able to avoid it all, but that's it. I mean, we're all running human OS. And I'm, I'm a huge believer that uh, everything that we're talking about right now, they're all complex adaptive systems. And complex adaptive systems, emer emergence comes from below, not from above. And so, again, you want to talk about trends, that's where you want to look. And so, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, some real simple guidelines will help you avoid 
80% of the challenges. Do you think it's a good idea to like have the Apple headset on 24 hours a day? Probably not, right? And will some people do that? Of course. <laughs> because, you know, like the, the, the tables are getting a lot longer. But I, I just think that if you look over time and over history, directionally, things are getting better and better and better and everyone's miserable. And so yeah, that's why we chose that's why we chose this name for the show, right? You, the 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 best thing to do is ride trends with friends, and we, uh, I think, JC, Phil, and I agree with our guest here is that um, directionally scary, but things are good. I mean, it's hard because I'm in a different percent, I guess, of, of most people, but I feel directionally things are very good. I'm not with you on your. I hope. You're wrong, but you're probably right on Europe. I feel like they're so stumbling and bumbling about not letting Google and Facebook exist again outside their country. Maybe that is the wrong decision because you can't force, you know, your continent to have the next big winner. So, um, so that one, that one is to be, to be determined, right? That big trend of, uh, will Europe figure this out? Uh, they scare the shit out of me because because when I do watch news, I, I just see bumbling and, and fumbling. But I'm sure them watching us sees the same thing. I do feel, though, though, Jim, it's mostly about, fuck, Google. You can't have another Google and Facebook happening and owning our our continent. Um, so I don't know. On that one, that's a big discussion. And maybe there's just too many leaders uh, in Europe with too many different you know goals. And that's just the problem. So that that is a big issue, the that you bring up. Um, but here at home, you know, I think I think we'll see. I think this this the the wealth is here. People want to come here. Um, you know, this is a place to speculate. We've industrialized it to the point now where you can speculate from your goggles or your iPhone, and AI is only going to improve that. So people are just going to have to learn whether it's vaping or gambling to manage this stuff. And where I went to with all you guys around, because you have, you have grandkids and, and Phil and JC have younger kids, is where does a parent step in here? I would like to talk about that quickly before we end. Where does a parent and grandparent step in here? Because this stuff is a freight train, right? And that was mainly my question. In a degenerate and luxury economy, an economy where you can get vaping and Ozempic and, uh, and all these things, vaping. you know, you, you, you can put all these things with your kid and they're out there alone talking to their friends. This is like a whole new era for that, that we, we have to deal with. So, Bill, uh, do you want to go uh, on that, Jim? Oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. I would just say, it's really not, though. Uh, our, like, we, if you look back at all the generations, right, like, uh, look at the 1920s, 100 years ago. What, why did jazz get so big? Because of its kind of dangerous origins. It, it, the, each generation wants to assert its own individuality. And if you really want to get people to do a specific thing, have authority figures like their parents and grandparents forbid it and tell them absolutely <laughs> not. You want to get kids to start smoking cigarettes again? My suggestion would be put a skull and crossbones on the pack. They'll fucking <laughs> love it because they don't want to listen to old man Jim or old man Howie. They want to listen to what's going on with their peers. So benign neglect on a lot of this stuff, I think, is 
is one way to just let them experiment a little. But man, try to tightly control any generation. And I, I think this for all generations going backwards in time. It, it leads to the opposite in most cases. So should you, should you be a good example? Absolutely. I perfectly perfectly agree with that. And the, the two, there are two levels there and you only got it the second one at the end. But the first one is, is that you're never going to get anywhere finger wagging, especially if you're not modeling the behavior. And then the second one is really just social learning theory, Albert Bandura 101. And that is be a role model, like live your life first how you would love to see your kids live their lives. And then what they're going to do is, is they're going to discard anything that you tell them to do, and they're going to internalize the things that you actually do over a long period of time. 30 years from now, inside them, there will be that part of, that, that part of them will be, hey, my dad did this over and over again. You know, he ate healthy foods. He went out and went for a jog and he exercised himself. And those are the things they're just going to see. It's a template. It's an internalized template. I love it. JC, anything to add before we hop? Counting is underrated. <laughs> Counting is definitely Small underrated. Small data, right? Underra- underrated. <laughs> Count. Uh, I mean, you know, Jim's really good at, at building fancy algorithms and, and hiring people to build even smarter algorithms probably. I don't even know. Uh, counting, man, old school, just go one, two, and then after that comes three and then four, and then it just goes on and on and on. It's wild. Um, one thing I would like to point out from a sentiment perspective, two things, uh, you know, all of us, of the four of us, I would argue are, you know, keen observers of markets and, and animal spirits and human emotions and whatnot. Uh, I just want to talk about the Biden quick uh, over the weekend, uh, tweeting out, and I quote, good news for folks as we start the weekend, the stock market going strong (laughs) is a sign of confidence in America's economy. So this particular gentleman uh, is telling you that the stock market is strong. I don't think this gentleman actually counted. Uh, Getting back to my earlier point of, of counting. What? He's channeling Trump said the same thing. Whether he thing. is this or is whether he thing. isn't, if the Trump was tweeting this, then it wouldn't matter that much because he used to tweet about the stock market all the time, right? So it was Got like it. the boy who cried wolf. But the Biden, on the other hand, or in this case, Biden's intern, rarely, if ever, <laughs> tweets about the stock market. And then to make matters, I don't want to say worse, to make matters more extreme, go to the next one. Didn't have this one on my bingo card. Uh, I don't know about That's the real? rest of you. But a laser-eyed Biden, uh, the night of the Super Bowl, didn't see that one coming. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> not, not a reason to get long uh, in my experience there. So just wanted to, this is nothing to do with political. Because again, if this was the Trump, it, it wouldn't matter because he would tweet stuff like this all the time. So it didn't matter. But this guy, much different ball game. So just wanted to throw out any thoughts on that, Pearl Dog? Uh, you know, he's tempting fate. This is he's tempting fate. <laughs> I don't even know what to make. Like, listen, here's the thing. Pay no Didn't attention to comment. this because this is Didn't lunacy. This is pure yeah. lunacy. So Do you any, think we need like, to like, ignore uh, this? Like, yeah, I would say, I mean, no, you don't ignore it because there's value to you. But like what Jim was saying before, do I need to be looking at this? Because this is just lunacy. 
I would rather go take a walk or take a jog or, you know, go, go have a, right go have a cross catch with my kids. Then, uh, didn't see, they didn't see it coming. Yeah. It's, but that's give, crazy. Give me, I do want to flesh this out a touch. Jim, give me what you think when you see this is non-political. So, you know, Claude Shannon, the founder of information theory, basically said information, you can, you can judge information by what is unexpected. And, and he gave us an example. For example, in a political speech, there is zero information. So, like, being gaslit by politicians of both parties, that's, I mean, that goes back to the founding of this country. Politicians mm-hmm. are always, whoever's in power is always going to say, hey, everything's great, man, everything's great, look for me again. So, like, there's no information here. It's, they're, they're just, the Congress. But, but Jim, he never, he never talks uh, about the market, yet alone laser eyes. I mean, this <laughs> is, I mean. <laughs> the, the, there the, is, the, by the, the way. The interns were left unsupervised. I think that's kind of yeah. funny, actually. I mean, are these things you see near bottoms or are these things you see near tops? That's, that's all <laughs> That's a good point. It's you make that, you're reading the sentiment, and I would agree with you, JC, if I were leaning one way that piles in with the data that you were showing. When me, you add I'd up say, all the divergences and all yeah. that, and then you, you got just, the Biden with the lasers. Whew. Yeah. And you've been right on the long side for so long. So we're I'm, I'm with you on this. Time to be careful. The second thing is it's time to be careful in the U.S. Last chart, I think we have it queued up, is the economist cover with China. And and this goes to like, the they're just... Much like Jim is saying about politics, they're there to gas like you. Uh, major news magazines are there to sell uh, magazines. But the timing of this, they just have an impeccable, this is all known. If you didn't know that Z had his finger on the stock market all the way down by going after Baba's you know, founder and just exerting total power, what is... What is the economist doing by telling this to you now, right? So the question is, you know, the market is already down, but I don't know, 20 years wiped out of of going nowhere in China. So I thought this was an interesting, as much as Biden pimping the U.S. stock market, the economist making fun of Z and uh, China was also at the same time a very interesting timing for this cover. JC, anything there? Because we've been talking about like, I don't want to get long China, but they're tempting fate here. I my father texted me last week. <laughs> he doesn't watch any YouTube videos that I do, no Twitter, nothing. So I could say this because we don't lose the data, which is really important. But my father has never once ever asked me about the stock market. This isn't the O'Shaughnessy family where like this is what they do. My we didn't have we didn't talk about the market at the dinner table ever. We talked about like anything but the market. I didn't get into this until uh, after college. Uh, he's asking me about the Chinese stock market uh, yeah. via text message. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a sign. Chinese of like, stock market's gone straight up since then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you a know sign what I bought just, a little. I just for <laughs> for uh, you know uh, uh, transparency, I bought a little bit of the FXI just for you know because it's gotten killed and it's a going. country. It's not a stock, right? It's a country, and so you know, like we see with Brazil. Word. Country eventually, <laughs> there's going to be there's a there's a cyclical component, and it's just gotten destroyed forever. Everybody told me. I said, "Hey, what do you guys think of this FXI?" Everybody who I asked said this is a terrible idea. So you know, I'm just a little bit of money, 
just put it there, put it there, and I'm just going to forget about it and wait. And my gut is that, and so that's a good indicator right there of the negative sentiment. Fun, fun, fun Super Bowl week, fun conversation. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, the luxury Ooh, one more, one more. Sorry, one more. Ready? Go ahead. I know it's a lot of anecdotal <laughs> stuff here. Jim's head's exploded I like anecdotal, with my, all my anecdotes here. But this is a good one. So my buddy, my buddy and his wife crash at the house on Sunday night for the Super Bowl because they live closer to the city. So Monday morning, I'm doing my normal, you know, you know, my work, looking at my charts and everything. And she trades a little bit. So she's like, JC, you know, what do you think about the market here? What do you do? I'm like, oh, we're shorting stocks, you know, very aggressively, blah, blah, blah. You know, she turns to me. She goes, oh, wow. I thought people stopped doing that. Interesting. Another anecdote. Yesterday. <laughs> the, uh, listen, like we said, no such thing as information overload, only filter failure. Uh, appreciate Jim. He's swinging by from uh, Connecticut. Hopefully the snowstorm uh, spares you. It's uh, lovely. It's actually quite beautiful. It really so, is nice to get those seasons. You know what is really good about the seasons? Seeing them from San Diego <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> and uh, here, Howard, that's for sure. Yeah. From Harry Howie, from uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis to uh, uh, what do you call him? Hootie and the Bluefish. Pearlman. Sexy Phil. <laughs> and the calm, the calm, uh, soothing voice of Jim O'Shaughnessy. Uh, you are listening to Trends with Friends. Jim, where do we find you? You have a podcast that's fantastic. Thank you. Where do we yeah, quickly find you? The, uh, we'll, we'll... Easiest place to find me is on Twitter at JP O'Shaughnessy, or if you want to see what our company is doing, that would be uh, OSB Oscar Sam Victor dot LLC Larry Larry Charlie. All right. Next time, we're going to talk about the media trend. I have my first snug room. Uh, the snug room is the mini movie room. Now you can make a snug room for two grand. Now for three grand, you can have a snug movie face. You can put strap an AMC movie to your face. So the media trend we didn't get into today, but I know you love movies and I love movies and you're funding stuff and executive producer and I'm doing that. So that's our next conversation when you have you back second time around. All right, everybody. Phil, have a great week. JC, have a great week. Adios, uh, Jimbo. Thanks for joining us. Perlman, when they start calling me a perma bear, that's when we'll be covering, all right? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>